Welcome to the What's Your Revolution show. It's a show for men and the people who love them. Where we discuss how men can understand and embrace the healthiest versions of themselves. I am your host, Dr. Charles Corporal. I think I laud my statistics with a badge of honor. No need to state them again. Those who think they know Charles Corporal would describe me as a wanderer. I'm sure there are a number of reasons why the thought of monogamy has not fully resonated with me throughout my development as a man. But as Rachel would say, that's another show. <laughs> in my last relationship, however, I was two feet in. Yet, at the miles, yet as the miles never shortened and the time spent together decreased, a question arose one day in conversation. My partner remarked, I know your appetite. And for my own sanity, would you consider having an open relationship? I had never fully pondered this question. I spent a minute or two or five. My mind traced my relationship history. I had never really been fully present physically in them. I wandered and lied and wandered and lied. That was my normal. Although in this relationship I was two feet in, I was growing weary of waking up alone. Yet, I answered the question in the negative. Not because I didn't think of being in an open relationship was appropriate. It was because I was selfish. The male double standard. You can't do as I do. But beneath the surface, the question was about honesty, trust, and sincere communication. Although the relationship has ended, the question still resonates as I find the healthiest version of myself. Is monogamy a part of that path? I'm joined today for this conversation, one versus 100, monogamy as a choice with WBLK's own true love movement host, Mama Fire and Brother Shaq. How y'all doing? What's happening, brother? Man, I'm excited. Mama Fire, how are you? I'm feeling great. Honored to be here. Oh, I, I am honored. We're going to have a great show today. We always ask this question, and we're going to put it in a little context today. What's the revolution behind the true love movement? Mm, I love that question. Definitely. What's the revolution? So true love movement is all about evolution. It's about personal evolution. It's about finding true love um, in yourself first. And that's the premise. That is the premise of the True Love Movement, finding it in yourself first and letting it echo out to those who come from you, your children, to your family, to your, uh, those in your home, those in your neighborhood, those in your community, out into the whole uh, black nation. Right. What I call the black nation is our people. Um, and so <clears throat> we're looking for love um, and unity and that only comes from when we have it for ourselves and, and in ourselves. Right, and right. so it's all about developing that in our people. Um, and I'll let Brother Shaq talk a little bit about his view. Right on. Def definitely, Mama Fire. So revolution. <laughs> that's it, brother. That's it. And I know that's often uh, an overused term. Many people talk about revolution. Um, simply, uh, true love movement, we're in the, we're in the, the, the work of rehumanizing black people because we understand that for us to have survived what we've experienced here in America that was a very and has been an ongoing dehumanization process and so 
we're in the rehumanizing work for specifically for our people. And so we consider that to be revolutionary, but even more specific, I say, looking at just at our community, that each one of us is a, a spoke in the wheel. And I'm talking those old school, true, those true rims, you know, those true spoke, <laughs> trues and vogues. I'm you. talking to somebody. There you go. Yeah. You start talking yeah. trues and vogues, exactly. you're dating yourself. But I use that analogy, the way I see our, our people in our community, particularly here in New Orleans, that if you remember those hundred spoke rims, uh, the, each one of them was, they were separate and individual. And there was a process called truing. Because when you ride New Orleans streets, the rim get whopped. Right. And so the process called truing, it, it adjusts the tension of each individual spoke in relationship to the one above it and below it. And so I say that each one of us is a spoke in the wheel. And as we work on ourselves and improve our own conditions, we better fit with our people. And so that's our individual contribution to the whole. That's the Ubuntu principle. But when everybody tightens up their spoke and that wheel becomes true because that's a, truing is a process. Again, it's a special tool that adjusts that tension. But when, when we do that, the wheel will roll like it's supposed to. It'll roll straight. Right now, it's, it's whopped. It's rolling. Exactly. But it's it's. But see, once it rolls straight, and it, you know what will happen. Then. When a wheel turns, you have a revolution. Right. Exactly. That's, that's our a true revolution. revolution. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. That's our revolution. Now, I love. I, I love that. I'm gonna unpack a couple things from that because that is uh, poignant. Mama Fire, you said something about loving ourselves. Yes. You know, and what does that actually look like for us when we love ourselves? You know, because personal revol global revolution does not exist without personal revolution. Like you oh, said, we've right. got to love ourselves before we can love someone else. What does that actually look like for us to love ourselves? I think we're in kind of like a trendy idea of self-love. It's been happening. People have been talking about it a lot. And it's levels to it. You know, there's levels to loving yourself. Uh, some people think it's just about how you treat yourself as far as how you look, how you take care of yourself. It's so much deeper. Mm -hmm. It's all about action. All about action is what you do. And so, um, you know, we are moving every day, all the time. And so I ask myself when I am making any type of decision, any choice, is this me loving myself? Mm. Okay? Right. That's the question I ask. <laughs> I love that. Right? Is it me loving is, is myself this in this me, action? That's right. Is this me loving myself? And, I, and in this practice of self-love, I have to ask myself that on a daily basis, on a choice-by-choice -choice basis. And so this is a practice of loving yourself daily. And so it's more than how you take care of yourself. It's how you treat yourself and how you treat other people. Right. It has to do with your action with others as well with yourself and with others and so you know i'd like to really run down a day of what self-love looks like but it looks like something different all every, the time every day all but it's still undergirded by that one question yes is this me mm -hmm. loving myself that rachel did you did you hear that are you paying attention rachel rachel's not even looking at me like <laughs> rachel's not loving herself right now <laughs> but that, that that's 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 what we need to get out that yeah. that that question in everything we and we, we do Everything. Is this me loving myself in my relationships, in my actions, the people that I associate with, yes. what I'm doing? Should I stay or should I go? That's right. Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a daily practice. It's a daily practice, yes. and that should be a part of your personal revolution. That's interesting. Brother Shaq, I want to go back to that truing, you know, and, and, and that revolution. Really tightening ourselves up. 
And I think that really resonates with what you're saying, that right. still, am I loving myself in the practice? How do you true yourself? How do you tighten yourself up and then, and then go out and help others tighten themselves up so we can have this revolution? Well, I think there is no real separation between me and, say, you. So because I'm good with me, honey, good with you. Like, you just me over there. So I don't, I don't look at you any differently mm -hmm. than I look at myself, but from a sincere standpoint, not theoretically. So when we see what the real, the human connection is, really acknowledging the human connection that there is no separation, particularly for black people. And that's important because we've been collectivized politically. Mm -hmm. So we don't think in terms of ourselves as individuals as far as our contribution goes. We more or less think of ourselves as, as individuals where our suffering is concerned. Right. But that's, that's usually the shame because we are in a large collective of people thinking that we're having this individual experience and we don't have a sense of what our oppression is. You, you know what I'm saying? Yes. And, and because I'm clear about me and I love myself authentically, unconditionally, it would be dehumanizing for me to do anything else towards you or anybody else who was like me. I couldn't, I couldn't possibly love myself and mistreat you. It's impossible. If many of our young brothers and sisters, as, as they think about their actions, again, I just, I'm still, that question is still resonating with me. Is this me loving myself and my actions? We've got to begin to instill that question into our young people, into our young brothers, because they, they, they have been dehumanized, and then they dehumanize others. And that thought process that you just said, that if I see myself as whole, if I am loving myself, how could I then mistreat you? That's right. That's always the litmus test. True love movement, we say we know hurt people. All of us, we know hurt people hurt people, right? Yes, they do. So our true love movement, we say, so just imagine what healed people can do <laughs> for our people. Right. And that's our work. Man, this is like the first 13 minutes of the show. Y'all can't be dropping this this early. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is the first 13 minutes of the show. You are listening to the What's Your Revolution show on WBOK 12:30 a.m. Powered by our good sponsor, Aetna. We're having a good conversation right now, early about how do we love ourselves and what does it mean to then take that concept and and build it out into the community. If anybody's watching on Facebook, they know. If they're seeing this couple, they are beautiful. They are a beautiful, beautiful couple, and you can see the love that emanates as they walk through the door. The show is really geared towards understanding this choice about, particularly for men and, and their partners, how do they get to that point where this is what it looks like for them? So I'm going to ask that question for you. How did you all get to this space, this beautiful, loving, appreciative partnership that you have that when you walk in the door everybody gets to see i mean really it is it is beautiful just seeing you all together so how did you get to this point not for me <clears throat> well you know he always tells a story that we've been friends forever which is true for the last 30 years and um you know it started off of course as friendship we were children you know we met each other and knew each other through other people's relationships too um but <laughs> We went through uh, several relationships separately. And in every relationship, you grow mm -hmm. when you leave that. It, it should be that way, right? right? There's exactly. a lesson there. And so several, several relationships just growing and growing and growing. And so we've been together, we said, eight years um, right. coming in November. And so 
you know, eight years is a drop in a bucket compared to our age, you know, and all the relationships that we've been in. And so I think the last relationship before this relationship, I realized in, in dissolving that relationship that I needed the space to truly be able to love myself completely. And the relationship was um, dragging, dragging, and, and um, I, I took a leap of faith to say, I know that I'd rather be alone in this than to be told you're not, you know, you're not good enough or, you know, that's wrong or whatever. And so I knew that the next relationship, if any relationship, was going to have to um, support me on my journey of loving myself mm -hmm. and whatever that looked like, whatever that looked like. So being open to me and opening to my um, growth because I'm growing exponentially through each relationship. And so I knew if I was going to give someone else a chance in my life that they would have to understand not only just love who they are, right, love themselves and be a healthy person to attract my healthy right, person right. Um, and then come together, uh, it would be a powerful thing. So I just, you know, and then he appeared. <laughs> and then he appeared. Right. And that's really how it was. I took that step and said, nah, you know, I know this is, this is hard. I shouldn't. But guess what? Is this me loving myself? Right. And I decided that I needed to get out of the relationship and not get into another one until I found someone who was um, matching the self-love that I had for myself and the want and desire to, to sharpen each other. Right. Right. And so, and there he appeared. Right. Brother Shaka, I'm going to ask you because she's, she's told her story now. How did you get ready for her? I think as she described the previous relationships, like everything that you're doing uh, is, I think, getting you ready for the next thing. But in in the course, like with my, my the last relationship before this one, a lot of self-reflection. <laughs> like, how did I create this for myself? But 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 what I'm saying is that Earlier in the show, when you when you were when you were running it down, the the self examination piece, the why, for for particularly for black people, that is the question, because why deals more with the analysis, because I don't think we have a, a consistent sense of our own power. We, we're stuck on the what, so we'll identify what's wrong all day, but when it comes to looking at what's what why it's wrong, we feel some shame about that, uh, because we come from a place where we shouldn't have problems so we think right that just shows we have no historical context of our existence in in america of course we got problems i mean look at our experience but when really looking at why and being able to have an, a, an assessment a thorough assessment a thorough examination of who i am and how i created this reality and then the fortitude to say okay so what do i want and then how do i be what i want in order to attract it not looking for something I wasn't looking for something to make me better. I was looking to be better, to create better, because I understood if I could create better, then I can co-create amazing. Right. So that's kind of where I was with. But that's a hard process, because, and I and I say that, and maybe that maybe I'm doing a, I'm doing the wrong thing that psychologists do. I'm transferring. No. <laughs> um, but that can be a very hard process for men because you really have to step back and do a hard self-analysis. How how did I get here? Right. You know, I'm at the end of a relationship. I want these things in my life, but how did I get here? And then doing that self-analysis that I made the decisions. I made these choices to be involved in this relationship, to allow it to progress to where it is now. And then now I'm, I'm walking out of it 
And as I always say, no one's all good and no one's all bad. We vacillate right. between the two in some part of the relationship. But walking away from it, you have to do that self-analysis. And I don't believe that many men will actually do that. We will just fall back to our normal behavior. Well, yeah. But you know why, though, right? You just you, you said it. It's a process. And so in this patriarchal society, anything, because when you're talking about a process, you're talking yin energy. That's feminine energy. Feminine energy is process-related. As men, we are looking at events. And if it's not an event, then it, we, we devalue it because society gives us the messaging that if something doesn't happen instantly, then it's not valuable. So we're turned off by the idea that I have to go through a process, process. because it is it is feminine. That's a feminine energy. So because we have a disdain for all things feminine, we socialize like that. Exactly. We co-opted into that. So much. Yes. Right. So that's why I'm talking to you in that language because yeah. I know you know that. Yeah. So, but I'm saying that's why. That's the why. So being able to recognize the feminine energy that we have within us and the value of that, when to employ that and how to gain the benefit from it, that's the skill. So this is a, still a skills-based exercise, which is still, that's a masculine that's, that's a, Right. So being able to speak that language to yourself, because you're self-taught, yeah. that enables you to create the outcome you want. But without, you can't do that without the investigation. That's right. It, it, it's, it's still hard. It, it, it's still hard because I've got to go deep inside of myself and be vulnerable with my flaws. And what we do as men, we mask those flaws. We mask everything. We'll mask it with alcohol. We'll mask it with women. We'll mask it with uh, anger. We'll mask it with competition. Sure. Right? We won't sit and take this time. And one of the things that has been so beneficial in, in, in the dissolution of my relationship at this time is really I have to take this moment and really say, and really try to get to that point. Where do I want to be? This process, as my boy says, uh, Eli, my good friend, my best friend, he says, if it's not going to be a part of my life for long term, I don't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and and he talks about relationships. And he's married, has a, a beautiful child, his wife Victoria. They're doing very well. But he said, if if I met a woman and I didn't think it was going to be long term, if this couldn't be the one for me, then I didn't do it. I walked away from it. He knew that early. He said, I know that I'm going to be prepared and ready for the, the woman, like you said. So I, I guess I go back to this question a little bit. What was the journey like for you as a man to get to that space, to say, you know what, I'm ready for Mama Fire? Okay. So the first, the first question was, before I even thinking about the sister, is who am I? I mean, like, really, really, who am I? And then what is my, what is my purpose here on the planet? Um, and then what's my contribution? What's my impact? In other words, being clear about that. And there's a, there's, I don't think there's socially, there's a lot of things that, for, for men, for boys and men, that we're taught to really examine ourselves in that way because it does take time, but it's, it's the truth. So in other words, if you can't have an authentic relationship with yourself, how could you have an authentic relationship with anyone else? It'll put you in a codependent situation where you're looking for someone to complete you, which is going to set you up for failure. Mm-hmm. So you have to have the fortitude, the emotional fortitude, to not be afraid of looking at who you are as a man. And then how you came to be this way without judging it, but just analyzing it and, and not having an opinion. I, I think that's prob- probably the, 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 where the confusion comes in. We have opinions about things, but not an analysis. And for whatever reason, because we got to go deeper, we'd just rather stay with the opinion and deal with the what. So I I really had to do that hard work 
that very painful, often shameful uh, kind of work to to see what who is who am I and why am I this way, and then decide deliberately who what's the highest version of myself, mm-hmm. and then what does it take to get me there? Right, that, yeah. and and that is the process I think, and and. Oftentimes, if you do that work after a breakup, you can find the, the best person. Sometimes we will jump back in because that's the easiest way, and we have not done the homework, we haven't done the hard work, we haven't done the self-analysis. I just want to get back in because I don't want to be alone. I, I'm, fe- I'm fearful of this space. I don't want to be alone. I, I can't stand waking up by myself. All of these different things that weigh into the voice that plays in our head that, you know what, I can be complete. I can just jump to the, I can just jump to the next thing. And I'm going to be all right. No, no. You've got to be able to do that hard work. As we think, and we've got a couple minutes before we go to break, men and women both don't really get to see this, and particularly for men and women of color. I know I'm fortunate. I grew up in a household uh, with mother and father intact. They've been married for 52 years. All right. 52, yes, 52 years in April. Oh, yeah, (laughs) exactly. But how often do we get to actually see that? Billboard, I mean, print, TV, we don't get to see strong, healthy relationships of color. What kind of message What kind of message is that sending to our young people who are coming up now, who are easy, readily to throw things away? Hmm. Well, let me say that neither one, neither one of us have seen it. You know, our, our parents, both of our parents, uh, weren't together, you know, um, we both grew up in single mother homes, and so we had to fight for it too. I remember when I was talking to him at the beginning of our relationships, you know, just on the phone, we were talking about that that love that everybody really thinks doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And the young people, what I've noticed, we do a lot of work with young people, and they don't believe in love. They really don't. They believe That's love sad. is weak. That's tragic. It's, it's tragic. They believe love is weak. They believe you get married or you get in a relationship for a, a reason, like, you know, yeah, transaction or you're, being, you're using them for something. They can help you with this or they do this or they do that. It's not an unconditional love. And to me, the answer for that is always self-love. Right. Because really, I mean, it's it, people talk about self-love and it seems like it's such a weak uh, theory or, it's, you know, it's whatever, love yourself, whatever. But this thing, once you understand it and once you know it, you can really see what it is that you are giving and realize you're giving from abundance in you and then attract that in another person. And you can't do anything really without it is what I noticed and what I, what I know. What I know as a person who, who talks about self-love and practices it on a regular basis, people don't believe in it because they don't know that it is in them. And that they, they don't see it. Right, they don't the see it. They definitely see. don't see it, and and it's just a a culmination of you know it not being real. They everybody not think it's real. You don't see it from your parents, you don't see it from your communities. You don't see you know so it can't be real, and and so you tell yourself and show yourself that it's real. And I really can't come out of that. Um, frame of mind because I know that it works. I understand it. And so as I'm raising my children, even before we they had this example of me and Brother Shag, I asked them about loving themselves. Right. You know? And it and, and I see in your eyes, you know, when you look and, and that it's not really an answer. You know, but I'm gonna let Brother no, Shag no, no, continue. It, it, no, Because self love is the answer to me and right. because it's something that you have to 
uh, dig and find and reflect and, and do all these things as far as what you've seen in your household, what you see in media, what you see. Every, you have to do an analysis of all of that yourself and also what you see around. And once you dig deep and do this work, you realize that it is real. It has to be real. Go ahead, Brother Jack. I want you to. Okay. I love the answer. Don't. Okay. Oh, I love it. No, 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 no. Self-hand no. is my answer for you. <laughs> I, I think, I think the, the, the challenge may be, when you talked about the visual examples, and we, particularly young people today, are very, very visual. They don't still, they don't necessarily understand that what they're looking at isn't necessarily true. The reality. Just because they can see it doesn't make it really real. And I'll give you an example. Because for my parents were not very honest with me. They lied to me. Um, and I'm saying they lied to me because they presented something, they presented things, and they really focused on appearances and how things looked. And that was a horrible setup because when I wasn't able to create those things for myself, I thought something was wrong with me. But that wasn't the case. What I was looking at was a mirage. And so that's usually what ends up happening is people are looking at, even if they looked at us, without understanding the work that we did individually and collectively to be this way, they still got nothing. It's just a picture and it may be a good looking picture, but it doesn't give any it doesn't give any kind of clue on how you create that. And so there again, in order to get that you have to experience a process. So there's still this overemphasis on the event. Show me the thing. I want to see the thing. What's the thing? But the, we're 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 saying that the process to getting there isn't valuable, but the process is the whole game. The process is the whole it's game. It's the whole game. It, it's not because what you're looking at now, this is an event that you're seeing, but there was all the stuff that we did before this happened for you to see it. Exactly. That's the thing. And so not not being clear about that sets people up for failure. Right, right. You know, they'll just never have the experience. Right. As we go to break, I want our listeners to think about this. Why are young men socialized to be with multiple women? And women are not. You know, we have this socialization practice. It's, it's, it's cool, you know. Why do we socialize young men? And the other question I want you to think about is, why do we feel that monogamy is the best option for life and success? We look for you on the other side of the break. Shorty, I'm there for you anytime you need me. For real, girl, it's me in your world. Believe me, nothing make a man feel better than a woman. Queen, wear the crown, that be down for whatever. There are few things that's forever. My lady, we can make more or make babies. Back when I was nothing, you made a brother feel like he was something. That's why I'm with you to this day, boo, no fronting. Even when the skies were great, you would rub me on my back and say, baby, it'll be okay. Now that's real to a brother like me, baby. Never ever get my away and keep it tight, alright? And I'ma walk these doors so we can live in a fat crib with thousands of kids. Work life, you don't need a ring to be my wife. Just be there for me and I'ma make sure we be living in the lap of luxury. I'm realizing that you didn't have to with me, but you did. Now I'm going all out, kid, and I got mad love to get you my name. Around you got the good at home. Even if I'm locked up north, you in the world rocking three fourths of 
your stuff up, bro. If he chose me for you, that's how it is. I can be your Noah. You can be my wares, then I can be your son. You can be my earth. Resurrected all through birth. Best believe. You're all that I need. I'll be there for you. If you keep it real with me, I'll keep it real with you. Loving your whole steeds, it be in there, boo. On top of that, you got the good power, you. You're all that I need. Awesomely amazing, the facts made clear. Data News Weekly, the paper to cheer. The people's paper for natural growth. Honorable achievers achieving the most. Data News Weekly, the future of our youth in the city of New Orleans without excuse. Understanding the expression, Black Lives Matter, yet we're failing to climb the ladder. The absence of love, the missing link. It's time we commit to effectively think, uplifting our women, families as well, safer communities in order to excel. Managing anger, developing our minds. Data News Weekly, preventing decline, restoring our decency, restoring our faith, thoroughly conscious removing disgrace the best of character constantly applied self-determination no one denied mothering children mothers up to par the purpose of life beyond a star so let us prioritize what is urgently needed data news weekly regression defeated no longer distracted no longer confused so great is the substance of data news pick up your copy of data news weekly today Democracy Now! in New Orleans. Catch WBOK's newest show, Democracy Now! every Monday through Friday from 7 to 8 p.m. It's Democracy Now! Daily global independent news hour anchored by award-winning journalists Amy Goodman and Juan Gonzalez. Democracy Now! presents daily headlines followed by in-depth discussions from a rich diversity of people and perspectives rarely heard from mainstream media. Guests include international journalists, scholars, scientists, authors, analysts, artists, filmmakers, and ordinary people who are most affected by news events in the U.S and around the world. Tune in to Democracy Now! every Monday through Friday from 7 to 8 p.m. WBOK, 12.30 a.m. The People's Station. Welcome back to the What's Your Revolution show. I'm the host, Dr. Charles Corper, here with Mama Fire, Brother Shaq, and on the periphery, and my good friend and producer, Rachel Bayou Lois Lane Graham, doing her thing. Um, we're having some good conversation. If you're watching on Facebook, you got a real taste of what we're going to talk about for the rest of the show. It's really about monogamy. And let me go back to that question that I asked. Men are socialized, and that's going to lead us into the second question. Men are socialized that... You know, it's okay to be a player. That you know, that's a part of. That's a part of. It. Why did we get there? Why, why did we get that message early on, Brother Shaq? That it's it. That's our role. I think, for the for the for, for black men in particular, we have to look at we have to look at history, and we have to look at what the black man's role was on the plantation, and his role, his primary function was reproduction. It wasn't cultivating healthy relationships and providing protection and direction for anyone. It was creating more enslaved Africans for this white man. And that's what, that's what our value was. And so we've only been off the plantation with 156, 152 years. So when the, when the black man walks off the plantation with that one skill, 
is no wonder he goes from house to house to house to house to house creating children because that's what his daddy taught him because that's what right. his daddy's mm -hmm. daddy taught him so this is a, this is a yeah it's a pathology but it's not because we're inherently bad and irresponsible people this is learned behavior that we've been socialized into and we have the and the entire system of patriarchy backs that up and supports that so it says to us that we're supposed to dominate and dehumanize other people particularly mm -hmm. women and that women are not human and it doesn't matter, they're just their bodies. And so we're supposed to be a player and they're a conquest. And that that's what manhood is and that's what masculinity is. So we learned how to be men by looking up at our white daddy. And we're trying to emulate him in a system that we don't have full membership and we only have partial membership in and that, and that is our masculine, that is our manhood. That's how we get into the game yeah. mentally. It, right. it, that's how we proceed. So we come from a very flawed place that is that is built on dehumanization and exploitation because we're mimicking behavior and we're, we feel a sense of lack because we don't receive the full benefits of patriarchy the way the white boy does. Right. So we, we want to oppress, we want to compound the oppression on black women particularly. So they're, they're ours to oppress. We get a chance to pretend to be the white boy now and because that's been our example of manhood. And so that's completely flawed. But because we don't have an analysis on that, we're trying to operate in the confines of that. And so we're, we're on a conquest and we're supposed to be a player. And you think about, you know, we think about the health ramifications of that. Mm -hmm. You know, we, if, we, if we bring the health conversation into this for a few minutes, Definitely. for a few seconds, I mean, that can be detrimental to your health. You know, you think about STI, HIV, all of those, Hep C, all of the various things that can happen if you are risque with your player. Right. You know, and we have to think about that this is a learned behavior that, as you say, has been passed down that we have to curb possibly or do it healthily. Well, understand why and where it comes from and then have a real authentic, again, that authentic relationship with yourself. In other words, I don't know of many, I didn't, it didn't happen for me, but I don't know how many young brothers are sitting down talking to older brothers at a very young age when I first became sexually active and as a teenager. No one sat me down and asked me, why are you doing this? And are you, what are you doing this for? And what do you need sexually? And what do you want to do sexually? And why does this feel the way? Like, to have that question, to examine that, instead something outside of you you're, is defining what your realm is, and then you're trying to be that because you're thinking and there's nothing authentic about that. I'm saying that's just disingenuous. Nobody has that conversation. You're exactly right. Mm -hmm. my, my father, you know, I, I tell this story all the time, walked into my room, threw a box of condoms. I was 15 years old and said, don't ever say that dad never gave you anything. That was the sex conversation. Wow. That, that was it. That was the sex conversation. Go get them. <laughs> hey, hey, do, do your thing. Be safe. I know you're a 15-year-old boy. I know what you're going to do. Do your thing. But to ask that question, I had a conversation with my line brother, Seiko, good brother of Omega Psi Phi fraternity. And I was on his show the other night, and he was socialized somewhat differently than I was. His peers and his parents told him that you should never leave a woman worse than you were, than she was when you met her. That you should be able to bring value into her life. Yeah. That conversation never really happened to me. My boys were like, Let's, hey, it's all about how many women that you have. You know, college, high school, it was the thing. Oh, hey, man, you were with her, you with her. I, I, I want to do the same thing. That was a, There was a glamorization of being a player. And so but it, it harkens to this next question now. Uh, and we had a good conversation. I'm ready to hear what Mama Fire has to say about this. Is monogamy the practice that leads to the healthy version of ourselves? 
No. I think every person would answer that differently, and that's what's important. It's up to you. But not necessarily does monogamy lead to the healthiest version of yourself. What leads to the healthiest version of yourself is the truth and honesty about who you are in relationship to other people, right? And then Brother Shaq talked about you got to figure that who, who you are right. from the beginning. Be clear about that and then the decisions that you make from there. But no, not necessarily. I think we've been um, socialized to believe that that's just how it goes. That's how relationships go. And then people lie, people cheat, and not just men lie and cheat. Women lie and cheat all the time, you know? And it doesn't, for some people, it does not fit. Monogamy does not fit for them. And sometimes serial monogamy fits, where you're just monogamous for a little while until you meet another, you know? And so we have to know who we are first before we start making these huge decisions about our sexual practices, you know, who we are sexually. you got to dig real deep into yourself to understand that and then move around in, you know, as a person who knows that about themselves, where there's no lying, there's no cheating, there's only honesty about who you are and, and who you connect with. Sex is such a sacred, sacred thing. It is. It, it is. <laughs> right? Excuse me. <laughs> right. Yeah, sacred moment. Um, oh, wow. Um, Hey, I'm not, you know, because I'm learning to really express, you know, who I am, you right. know, and, and where I am. And I'm not, I'm not embarrassed about saying that I love that part of my life and, and that's who I am. And I, I, I love the expression of that with my partner. Um, but it's interesting you just said because in particularly in our community that's something that's that's not something that's said too much that you know monogamy is where it's at if you're black it's about monogamy well, you know it's sad, a religious it's perspective you know man and a woman you know right. it, it's right there you've said something that people are going to be like Ooh, wait a minute i don't know i don't know i don't know brother shack well i mean what she what she talked about still it's still rooted in you being clear about who you are see that's what i'm saying we're we're Monogamy is is not necessarily the way, um, but then n- nothing else is necessarily the way. It's a very individual and personal choice, but it's got that's got to be rooted in the truth of who you are. Mm-hmm. That's the work that has to be done first for you to know it. The idea that you're trying to adhere to somebody else's, you know, ideals or principles or whatever, is an external thing. And the problem with the external thing is that it's going to ultimately be an imposition because it's not authentically who you are. So you're going to be in conflict with yourself trying to adhere to somebody else's idea, especially if you don't have your own. So that's why you have to do the investigation first and know who you are and what's right for you to make a choice, a choice, because that's what the show is about, about the choice that's right for you based upon the truth of who you are, not on who you think you should be because somebody else said that that's what you should do. That's cowardice. And there's no way for you to live the best expression of yourself in fear. Why are you, why do you think men are actually afraid to to say that? I don't know. <laughs> I, I think I think because if you maybe I'm transferring. Maybe, well, maybe this is this is another well, experience because, of trans- well, because it was something. And I'm sorry to cut you off. It's something that I think that I have been afraid to say because there has been this blowback. So I have been called a player most of my life. Player, player. like Corpus a wanderer. Corpus likes women most of my life. And it hasn't really sat well with me. So this is the vulnerable moment. Everybody that's listening, it's it's out. You're, all right. Um, I've had women, you know, say, "Hey, I want to introduce you to my friend, but this is what I heard about you." 
right? Even though I have been two feet in in relationships. But there's still that, you know, corporate likes women. And so, and I'm actually referring to myself as corporate because corporate is the alter ego that was created, you know, to actually go out and, and, and talk to women. Um, and so for a long time, there has been this, mm, I got to hold this back because of fear of reprisal or stigmatization that goes along with, well, you know, he likes women and, well, he's a player. So, you know, men may be afraid to say this is what I like because of that label. How do, how do you get past that? I think, you know, I'm going to let Brother Stagg definitely say what he needs to say, but you said it in your opening thoughts about um, maybe not wanting to, to give an open relationship up because of the selfishness of the other person doing it, too. Um, and I think truly people are, I mean, women are seen as, as possessions, that they're just their bodies, and you're here for me. Okay, but I got to do me over there, too. But but you you stay put. You be here for me. She just, called, think, she just called me out. I just want you to say, I just said, I think there's there's layers on this thing, a reason why men are afraid to say things. I think men are afraid in general about um, getting, you know, real about themselves and sensitive, you know, about their their emotions and these kind of things and their wants and desires, too. So I think we have to work on that as a, as a culture, um, period. Definitely. What she's, I think what she's saying is the authentic relationship piece. But that has to happen with you first. And so it's like if you're really good and clear with who you are, you can be exactly who you are with someone else. Now, if that doesn't work for them, then they have the opportunity to decide that. And we have to be okay with that. But if we're doing that, we don't have to have what I call the resistance living, where you're trying to be somebody else that you're not really because you want this and that and you're just playing a game. Right. And that expends a lot of energy, and plus it's, dis it's dishonest, and you still don't reap the benefits of being fully who you are, no, which is a, which is a disservice to your own humanity. So if you're not going to give yourself that, how could you ever give it to anybody else? Right, right. And what I'm, you know, the, the biggest piece for me in this growth, oh, hey, Rachel, <laughs> you want to say something? Your mic's not on. Yes, it is. Okay, well, we My can't. Oh, okay. I can't hear you. No, we cannot hear you. Oh, man, exactly. He got you. He got you. You can hear me? Yeah. You can hear me? Yeah. Oh, you were just trying to play with me. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think back to the, the JD444 minutes conversation, I think there's also some, some socialization that happens with men that women are socialized to place those pressures on men mm -hmm. and to present, like you said, this unfittable example. Like, I was socialized. And so, oh, yeah, so, yeah, you couldn't hear me. So I'll say that again, <laughs> that, that women are socialized to, to, to place those pressures on men and to make it unacceptable to actually have authentic conversations. So there is onus on both sides right. that men don't feel comfortable and that women do, in fact, place the pressure that helps them not feel comfortable in really having authentic conversations about relationships. You're listening to WVOK 1230 AM. This is the What's Your Revolution show. Sitting here with Brother Shaq and Mama Fire of the True Love Movement and my good friend and producer, Bayou Lois Lane, Rachel Graham, as we unpack the benefits or maybe not of monogamy. And, you know, we just heard a, a revolutionary perspective that monogamy may not be the best choice, but you have to, as they've both been saying throughout the show, you have to really be authentic with yourself and really be able to be 
honest. And I think that that is the key. And, and That's the true and true love movement. <laughs> that is the true. <laughs> exactly. And honesty, what, I, what I've learned in, in unpacking that is that to get past that fear of actually being honest. Because I think there is a fear there. Um, and I know one of my flaws is that I, I will hold the truth thinking that I am actually protecting you, which, is, which can be very problematic because once the truth comes out, then all of a sudden it doesn't, I'm not protecting you anymore. Well, yeah, we, we, play, we play games because we're not being honest. So, so I think if, so when we're talking about the self-love aspect, the extension of that is creating a space between people where they can be exactly who they are. And if you're not doing that, then you're not loving yourself. And there's no way you can do that for someone else. That's when, so you can't get away from yourself with this. It's got to be the thing that you do for yourself, which enables you to extend that to other people. And you realize they're just like you and that there is no need to play a game because guess what? It might not be for everybody. Right. And so, but the, the people who have to investigate themselves to understand what's real for them. And it has to be a, come from a real place. They, they, can't, they can't do it because you said, People should be monogamous or somebody else or their Bible told them or somebody. They can't do it for that reason, not authentically, because it won't make them really, really happy and they're going to negotiate their life away. And they're, that's going to come out somewhere else. Right, yeah. right. It's going to come out somewhere else. And then we're going to say, well, why, why are you doing that? You're sneaking around, you're lying. And because there's this thing inside the person that was trying to get out. Trying <laughs> to get out. And we're saying, no, that's bad. You shouldn't do that. So now people have self-esteem issues mm -hmm. and all this kind of stuff because they're just trying to be who they really are. So when we love people, we support them who they are. Right. So is this a conversation that you have that between your partners early on in the relationship? Is that one of those, you know, as, as Dr. Wilborn said, you know, let me tell you my big T truths early on? Yes. Is that a conversation that you have? Definitely. Yes, and we have had. Okay. Right. Oh, wow. Okay. So you, you have that conversation. So you have to really be willing to be revolutionary and authentic very early on. I remember asking in my last relationship um, the first question, do you want to have children? <laughs> so, I mean, early, very, right. very, very early, do you, because that's something that was important to me. I guess there was other conversations that maybe needed to happen <laughs> early that maybe, 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 maybe didn't happen. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But you, you know? just had priorities in it. Now, yeah, I mean, priorities. yeah, I, I had priorities. Like, uh, can you, do you still want to have a kid? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Well, first, you, you mentioned it earlier. Like, don't don't hold back on the truth. Whatever the truth is, I think it's worth, it's valuable in dealing with that up front because at least then everybody knows. Would you say that that's probably where the problems come in when people are not honest up front? Then they got to come back on the on the back end and say, well, you know what I really meant. And now we got an issue potentially. Give people the opportunity. And again, it can't happen unless you know what it is first. Right. So right. you still got it. You got it. And there's something there's something so empowering about walking like you talk. It's empowering about touching base with who you are and personal liberating to just walk like that in every aspect at work, in relationships, at church, wherever you go. You know, is and so this is how you represent yourself in this truth to everything and everybody and it won't you know and as you change it may change for whatever reason this is how we how we have to walk you know and so when you have a, the first conversation with somebody you might like they may need to know some truths right off the bat <laughs> to see if they want to hang if not, right. you know right. and so we had those conversations and we still here eight years right. later right, right. So, right. exactly and i think for men I, I think for men we underestimate 
again, going back to what Rachel and Dr. Wilborn said on our show, we underestimate how women are going to react to our truth. You know, and because we have been socialized to think that if we tell you our truest self, you don't want to be with me. And I'm going to protect because, you know, I'm feeling you. I really want to, you know, do my thing and be a part of this. But if I don't tell you who I really am, you'll stay around a little bit longer. Well, we don't, we, we've been socialized not to respect the humanity of women enough to tell them the truth. That's the real problem. Right. We don't look at them as being worthy of somebody that we're going to be real with. We'll be real with our friends and lie to our women. And that that's supposedly okay. That's code. That is insane. Because I'd say if a brother will be dishonest with his woman, I don't want him around me because I right. know he'll do me something. Right. That's true. But so, so, that is true. So, so we, can't, we can't overlook and call it what it is. It's patriarchy. That's patriarchy that we're taught, and we have. It's it's very very explicit that women are like you said. We just talking about women, like not that they're really people. It's just women. You just tell women whatever and do. I mean, like that's the message. They're just women, right? That's the they're message. ornamental. Yeah, exactly. So that's fundamentally wrong. And so true partnership is really never underestimating your partner, never under and, and never taking for granted her womanhood and her power in that. I would say not her womanhood, but her humanity. Her humanity. I love Just that. Just only because, only because I think sometimes when we talk about, even when we're talking about manhood and womanhood, we pray, we play, we place a premium on manhood. We do. We do. You know, as we though do. womanhood it's, is a small thing. There's a privilege. There's a privilege that comes along with, with, masculinity, and manhood. Let's delve into this conversation a little bit. We, the cool. show is about to end. It, it always, every time you're having a good time, it, it goes by so fast. For, for our friends who are saying, you know what, I'm all about monogamy, uh, what do you think the benefits are? You know, those people who choose to be in a monogamous, I mean, I, this is my partner, and this is my partner, and this is who I'm with, what do you think the benefits are for them who, who make that choice? I think monogamy can be beautifully satisfying. It's definitely the healthiest thing to do. We talked about STDs and SDIs and those, those things as well. And I think it'd be satisfying for someone who, who, two people who want that in each other. You can grow and build this beautiful, you know, union um, with children and families. And I think it's a beautiful thing. I think it can be a beautiful thing when both people want it. Uh, I think it is very you know, the most healthiest thing to do as far as mind, body, and spirit for people who are naturally monogamous. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with that. I think there, I don't think there's anything wrong with monogamy. I think monogamy is very, very good. But I, whatever you choose, it has to come from a real place. And so the question is really, are you choosing monogamy because you're scared of something else? See, because if it's rooted in fear, and this is my teacher right here, Mama Fai is my teacher. And she's shown me myself many, many times that if you're doing something and it's rooted in fear, it's not authentic. So you still have to resolve whatever that is. Right. So even if you're choosing monogamy because you want to be acceptable to so-and-so over there, is that really real? Or are you just choosing because you're scared and you don't want your partner to go do nothing that you want to do? Right. What's that about? Or you don't want this label all, all around town about you. Right. So, 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 so what's that about? You know what I'm right. saying? Exactly. And, 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 and so... But again, in order to find out, you got to do the self-assessment self to, to know what that is. So th this question is, then, is monogamy unrealistic? Mm -hmm. is, it, is it unrealistic? I mean, thinking, based on the conversation we be ha we've been having, is it, you may choose monogamy, but is it unrealistic? Is it, are there realistic expectations that go along with saying that I am monogamous? It's an arrangement, right? 
I would have to ask people who are actually monogamous and really monogamous because there are monogamous relationships where people cheat and lie and no one no one's the wiser. Sometimes women turn a blind eye to what their husbands or what their boyfriends do just because that's just how it goes. And so we would have to speak to a couple that is that is really monogamous to say if it's real realistic. And I think, you know, I've lived a life of serial monogamy. I've definitely have where I'm monogamous for a certain amount of time. And, and then I choose a new relationship, and that's how my life has been led. Um, and we talked about that at the very beginning of our relationship so that he can understand, you know, what's happening with me and, if it, and, and honestly, if he could meet that. And, you know, he has also led that same, that same lifestyle, too. And so um, I think it can be realistic for people who, I mean, that this is just in theory because I'm not really sure. It hasn't been my it hasn't been my experience if it's realistic. I think it, 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 there are some places or some proof that it is realistic for some people. I know that um, it isn't realistic for me. I haven't been with the same person for the last 40 years. I don't know. And maybe your parents, um, you know, the, yeah, your we, parents we, who have been together for yeah, two years. We, <laughs> I don't even know who want to start asking those questions. Right. Well, but, right. but, should, but I tell you what, that could make for an interesting conversation. It will. And, and, and the reason why I'm saying that, and I'm not saying whether you do or you don't, but to think about that. Mm -hmm. Because if, you're, if you think you're looking at monogamy, right? Because you've watched it for all this time and you think that's what you're looking at, and if that is what you're aspiring to, you don't necessarily have the tools to achieve that right. because you don't really know what that is because it may not really be that. It just may appear to be that way. It, and it's interesting that you say that because most people look and, and they will say, well, you saw this model of, of monogamy and marriage and you're 46 and you're single and you talk about not getting, not ever wanting to be married. Like, I want partnership. I'm, I'm, all, I'm down for partnership. But marriage is just not my thing, and so I, and I'm, I'm really open about that, aren't I? Very, <laughs> all day, every day, all, all day, all day long. I'm open. I nah. don't, I do not want to get married. I want partnership, nah. but I don't want to get married. Um, <laughs> but that is really interesting to be able to then ask that question, right. like, and to really have that vulnerable conversation with my parents, maybe individually, and then collect, you collect. You might it. get the truth. It might get the truth. That that is a very, ah. very interesting thing. As we begin to close <laughs> out, uh, and I want to appreciate you all and the, the tremendous knowledge and vulnerability and conversation that we've had today. Um, I think the question for me is that men have this warrior mentality. Does that warrior mentality get in the way of us being true to ourselves and true to our partner? It goes back to that question of monogamy or polyamory or open relationships. Does that warrior mentality for men get in the way of us being our truest selves with our partner? I don't know if it's the warrior spirit that you're mm -hmm. talking about that gets us in trouble. I think anytime we're not balanced gets us in trouble. So if we're lacking balance in anything that we do, there's going to be a problem, including relationships with other people and with ourselves. You know, the truth of who we are. Just to pull from something we just talked about, we talked on our show Saturday, we talked about the dark side. And we were dealing with positivity. Mama Fire, break that down right quick, if you would. I mean, just how positive also has a negative it's, it's like a dichotomy up has down you know dark has light all of these things and so it's all part of one thing it's like yin yang you know both of it and so that's what we talked about today i think when i hear warrior i think of honesty i think of truth like when you're walking in a warrior spirit mm, this is go. who you are right. you know i love that so. i, I, I right. love that i appreciate everything 
everything that you brought to this conversation. Likewise. You have been listening to the What's Your Revolution show powered by Aetna. This has been a great conversation with True Love Movement's Brother Shaq and Mama Fire. Rachel is sitting next to me to tell me what our show is for next week. Well, next week will be a rebroadcast. Oh, that's right. We will be <laughs> out of town. So we, we actually may replay this. We may. Well, I think we should play this again. I think we should play it again. Um, don't get confused. If, the, if you hear this next week and we say we may play this again next week, it's not going to be that. But the following week, we're going to talk about black men and, and black folks. That's right. That's right. You have been listening again to the Western Revolution Show. Always think about the most thought-provoking question of your life. What's your revolution? Take care. Thank you for coming. Right on. Have a great week, everyone.